0: Author Lee Wynn is here to talk about his new book, No Way They Were Gay, Hidden Lives and Secret Loves, and give us his spin on our LGBTQ issues. Hi, Lee. Hi, Charlotte. Thank you so much. I'm really excited to talk to you. Tell us about your new book.
1: So it turns out that history has been sanitized, but it hasn't really been sanitized for our protection. It's been sanitized for the protection of the people in power. And it's astonishing to discover, for me it was astonishing to discover, that history sort of left out strategic parts of different people's stories to avoid letting us know that there were men who loved men, and women who loved women, and people who loved without regard to gender, and people who lived outside gender boundaries, like all across time and all around the world. So you look at the statue of David that Michelangelo made and no one really even knows that Michelangelo wrote these beautiful love poems to another guy. And if you look really closely at the eyes of the statue of David, you know, Michelangelo's image of male beauty, the pupils are shaped like hearts. It's like this incredible love story that no one ever even knows about anymore. And and it's right there and we don't see it. Like, Shakespeare's love sonnets, 126 of which were written to another guy. But when they passed them down through those centuries, the pronouns got changed so to make it look like she'd written all of them to a woman when they hadn't. So, like, you start to, like, go back to the primary sources, and a whole world sort of opens up for you, and you recognize that there's this false facade of history, like the stories of Sappho and Eleanor Roosevelt and the Pharaoh Shepsit and Christine Jorgensen. There's so many incredible stories that have been kept from us. So the idea of the book is to sort of say, let's put aside all these hundreds of years of historians that are kind of hiding the truth, and let's go back to the primary sources and let's look at them and analyze them and really recognize that history is this legacy that we queer people have as well and the other thing is that when i was in school history was really taught as medicine with a lot of names and dates to memorize and i never saw any reflection of myself and i just found it incredibly boring so i find it super ironic that here i am writing a history book but i'm really thinking of it as history as chocolate as like empowering chocolate it's really fun there's a lot of pop-up kind of comments on the page. There's a lot of graphics, there are a lot of squiggly arrows. It's sort of how I think with lots of, not formal footnotes, but like fun, cool asides that help contextualize what's going on. So it's kind of the book I wish I had had when I was a kid.
0: What was your inspiration for writing it? So years ago, almost 11 years ago now, I
1: went to a talk about the letters that Abraham Lincoln wrote to Joshua Fry Speed, and the the speaker was explaining that he was convinced that Abraham was in love with Joshua, and I just couldn't get over it. I was like, that can't be true. I've never heard anything about this, but I couldn't get it out of my mind, so I went to the library, and I got out the letters. And Side note is that I'm gay, but I didn't come out until my 20s, and so I spent a lot of time in high school and in graduate school dating girls and sort of wanting it, like not feeling it, but judging it. Like, I judged that it was the right thing to do, it's what society wanted me to do, it's what my parents wanted me to do, but I didn't feel what I knew I was supposed to. Um, and I kept wondering, would the feeling come? And then finally I got honest with others and with myself in my 20s. So there was this letter that Abraham wrote Joshua. They'd lived together for three years, they'd shared a bed. Some historians say that was very typical at the time. But after living together for four years, Joshua marries this woman named Fanny, and Abraham moves back to Kentucky and leaves the situation where he was living with Abraham. And Abraham writes him a letter and says, eight months later, and says, are you now in feeling as well as judgment? Glad that you're married as you are. And I read that and I got goosebumps. I was like, oh my gosh, there I am in history. Like there's this reflection. It's exactly how I felt. And I thought, well, maybe it is true. Maybe Abraham was in love with Joshua and then I started to do more and more research, and my mind was blown. It was I was completely convinced that Abraham was in love with Joshua, and I actually started writing two books. I wrote a fiction, YA fiction book about a kid that discovers it. It was called Queer as a Dollar Bill. I was really excited to be able to talk about that on this show a few years ago. And then I also thought that there's so much evidence, you know, there's maybe a nonfiction book here. But again, I didn't love history when I was growing up, and I thought, that a history book just about Abraham and Joshua wasn't super interesting to me. Um, What was more interesting was this idea of taking down that facade of history, that history is more than just the stories of straight, white, rich, able-bodied men from Europe. It's more than that. And I love that idea. Like, what if there was a book that helped bring down that false facade? What if there was a book that really focused on the stories of men who love men and women who love women and people who love beyond gender without regard to gender and people who lived outside gender boundaries. And that felt like a really exciting book to write. And that's what No Way They Were Gay is all about.
0: What do you hope to accomplish with this book? So I want to bring down that facade, that false
1: facade of history for individual readers. And I imagine that if we can get enough people to recognize that there is a history, that they have a legacy, that we all share this incredible legacy of queer history, then feel that we'll all be more empowered to be ourselves today. Like, if you know you have a place in the past, you deserve a place at the table today. And especially for young people, for young queer people, to know that they deserve a place at the table today, I think they can imagine a limitless future with all these amazing possibilities. Because we have this myth in our queer culture that, like, oh, everything started at Stonewall. Where Pride Began, actually, is a slogan on the wall at the Stonewall Inn. And it's not, with all respect. I mean, it's great, and it was an incredibly important moment. But that's our modern history. There's so much, like, ancient history, too. And I think that that's really exciting to discover, that we didn't just pop up recently. We have always been part of the world. And I want to let people know that. What would you like to accomplish with your work? I think a lot about how I'm writing the book that I wish I had had when I was 11 year old or 19 year old. Um, I laugh a lot about like having my age of arrested development, right? Like what's my emotional age is probably the age of the book I'm currently writing. And I write picture books and middle grade books and YA books. So I guess I'm still stuck as a kid in many different ways. I really see that like, That's my mission, right? Like, I want to empower kids to be authentic now because I wasn't able to be. I didn't feel safe being authentic. And I think, like, if enough people are authentic, if enough people come out, if enough people know about our history, not just queer people, but allies too, I think that we can start to shift the cultural conversation. And that's really exciting because if we can make it safer for kids today to be their authentic selves... Sooner, I think that would change our whole world.
0: What would you like to see happen for our LGBTQ community in the uh, Biden administration? Well, there's definitely the Equality
1: Act and dismantling racist systems and economic justice and voting rights and the survival of democracy. And, you know, it's all connected. And oh, could we please pass the Equal Rights Amendment finally? I want so much legislatively. And more than that, I think a lot about how the years of Trump, we really slid backwards as a society in terms of the sort of open manifestation of racism and hate that so many people felt emboldened to do because the president, the person ostensibly in charge, was such a hate monger. And so Bayard Rustin is one of the people featured in No Way They Were Gay, and he's really one of my heroes, and he had this beautiful quote that I'm going to share. It's actually on page 90 of the book. He was talking, and this is so ironic to me, because I went to the University of Pennsylvania, and I was there while he gave this speech, but I didn't know. I wasn't out, and I didn't even know there was a gay group on campus, let alone did I know that someone named Bayard Austin was there speaking at the school. Like I could have been there, and boy, would that have changed my life. But anyway, he said this amazing thing. He said, The job of the gay community is not to deal with extremists who would castrate us or put us on an island and drop an H-bomb on us. The fact of the matter is there is a small percentage of people in America who understand the true nature of the homosexual community. There is another small percentage who will never understand us. Our job is not to get those people who dislike us to love us. Nor was our aim in the civil rights movement to get prejudiced white people to love us. Our aim was to try to create the kind of America legislatively, morally, and psychologically, such that even though some whites continue to hate us, they could not openly manifest that hate. That's our job today, to control the extent to which people can publicly manifest anti-gay sentiment. And he gave that speech in 1986, but I think it's still true today. Every single word of it. It is so profound. And I would like the Biden administration these years that we have for us to... Return to that work of trying to create the kind of America where legislatively, morally, psychologically, people cannot openly manifest their hate. And I think that if we can do that, we can hopefully build generations to come where they don't have as much hate to manifest.
0: With LGBTQ teens already four times more likely to attempt suicide than their heterosexual peers after facing bullying incidents, what advice would you have to these kids, especially in these COVID times?
1: know that you have this proud heritage. It's so empowering to know that you're not the first person to have your gender identity or to like the person that you like. You may be the first person to like that person, but to be a guy who likes another guy or a girl who likes another girl or to be someone who sees themselves outside this sort of gender binary that we're uh, taught That exists in our culture when so many other cultures in the past and still today see gender completely differently than that and recognize that there are as many genders as there are people in the world, which is a quote from Alak Vaid Menon, who is absolutely someone to follow on social media. And then, in addition to saying that to kids, letting them know, like to plug into the fact that they have this proud heritage. I would want to say something to their parents and to the adult guardians and to the adults in their lives. I was blown away. I just read research from the Family Acceptance Project. There was an article in the LA Times that teens whose parents responded to their identity with moderate levels of rejecting behaviors were three times more likely to experience high levels of clinical depression as young adults when compared with peers who were not rejected. And for teens who were highly rejected by their parents, the risk doubled. So this book isn't just about breaking down that boss facade for young people. It can do the same thing for their parents, too.
0: How can people get information about No Way They Were Gay? So it's on sale everywhere books are sold, which is a fun thing to say. And also I have a new
1: website. Uh, It's it's still Leewin.org, but it's been redesigned to be more up-to-date and more mobile-friendly and still has the blog where I talk about books and culture and more for LGBTQ kids and teens and their allies.
0: What other projects are you working
1: on? So No Way They Were Gay is actually conceptualized as a series called The Queer History Project, and I'm really excited to say that the publisher has already bought the second book in the series, which is called Gender Bender which is really about showing readers that gender is this idea held by a group of people, and that so many other cultures see gender differently than we teach it in the West. And I think that that's really empowering for everyone, not just for people who identify as genderqueer or as trans or gender nonconforming. I think it empowers all of us to recognize that these limitations we put on ourselves because of the bodies we inhabit are really that. I mean, even things as crazy as colors that we are all convinced that pink is the color for girls and blue is the color for boys. But 150 years ago, it was completely the reverse. And, you know, pink was the color for boys. And so it's like, it changes over time, but it also changes in terms of culture. And now that sort of the younger generation is being much more open about their, wanting to be authentic about their genders, I think it's really, really exciting To look at that and to find our empowerment and recognizing that we're not inventing the wheel. We can tap into this rich cultural heritage we have about gender.
0: Is there a question you wish people would ask you?
1: Yeah, so when you put out a book with a major publisher, you're hoping to get editorial reviews, you know, sort of the trade reviews, so Kirkus or Forward Reviews or Publishers Weekly. And and. So No Way They Were Gay has gotten some of these trade reviews. Kirkus said it was entertaining and illuminating, and Forward Review said it was, uh, had a sense of joyous wonder. And then Booklist, which is the review journal of the American Library Association, in their review, which they said some nice things, but it was solidly written, well-documented, organized, contribution to gay history, which all was all great. They had a line at the end of the review that said, it's also going to inflame passions, so be prepared for controversy. That was hard, because I was like, they're warning librarians to not get my book. And then I thought about it more and more, and I was really upset, because I was like, I really feel like this book is a tool of empowerment, and you hand it to a, a young person, it will really help them. So for the review to sort of be warning librarians against carrying it, I struggled with it. But then I thought about this idea about inflaming passions, and I thought, like, well, maybe... It's true, maybe librarians might need to expect controversy, but at the same time, the book also could light a passionate fire for all the young people who read it that will at long last see themselves in history, and I think it does that too, and I wish that the review had talked about that part of inflaming passions. So um,
0: I guess this is my opportunity to respond. Thank you. Do you have a favorite quote or mantra to get you through difficult times? Yes,
1: I do. Anne Lamont wrote this amazing book about writing called Bird by Bird. And in it, she has this quote where she talks about how lighthouses don't run all over in the islands looking for boats to save. They just stand there and they shine. And I think about that a lot as sort of a metaphor for me and what I write about, what I care about. I don't feel like my job is trying to convince someone else that I am right and they are wrong about Abraham Lincoln being in love with another guy or Mahatma Gandhi being in love with Herman Kallenbach, I feel like my job is to share this incredible stuff that I've found out in history and sort of shine a light on it. And then if people are like into it, they can come and check out the light. And if they're not, I can't control that. All I can control is shining the light. So I think about that
0: lighthouse and trying to shine with a rainbow light. And that's sort of my guiding light.